All right, hold somebody's hands. Let's say this together, our Father. In the name of our Son, Jesus, we receive revelation that is found in Christ alone. There is no confusion. There is no contradictions in this atmosphere. We believe and we receive a free, a free flow of fresh insight in your word. Every soul will be blessed, will be edified, and your name alone is glorified. Amen. Amen. All right. Holy communion. <laughs> you know, when we see holy communion, the first thing that comes to your mind is bread and juice. <laughs> bread and grape juice. <laughs> I will start my story. I will start this teaching. I think I shared this, teach, this story when I was teaching people in baptism. I went to a church. This was some years ago. And they served us this holy communion. And you know, there's a way they, they do holy communion in Nigeria. They give you in a cup, not, not the one that they've already packaged now. You know, now life has been modernized. You buy it, it's a, they've already sealed it for you. You just open the line on and drink. In Nigeria, this cup, they pour it inside this stainless cup. I don't know if you remember, you, you're an Anglican now. <laughs> this, they, dip, they dip it and give you. Really? They'll put it in. Whoa! And told it that we want to study that custom and everything. Now, okay, are you ready for this? You know, growing up, I remember I grew up in a denomination, and I they told us that. I remember we one day we were together. We, me and my guys, we then not not you people said. I think. In, in, in the issue of our church, you should be the fourth set. I mean, they should be the fourth. Yes. No, maybe fifth. This should be the fifth generation. You guys are the fifth generation. Because we would look at you from Soji to those guys, then League of the Pay Setters, then. Okay, fourth. This you we should be the fourth. Fourth, fifth. Fourth, fifth set. So, I'm talking of set, the very, very set one now. Only good. That was, we can count down, but we'll count down in another different. We're talking about one way we're raising men now. Now, <laughs> now, in, in this, I remember then, I mean the very same one, we went, we traveled, I don't, I'm trying to avoid names. We traveled to a particular camp and we were there and they don't, it was only communion time and they said, uh, let's take communion and everybody was scared. The, so the preacher said it, so it was a youth church. They now said, brethren, if you are not, this had, they said, put the keyboard off, off, off it. Everywhere was now silent. They said, men and brethren, if you are not born again with evidence of speaking in tongues, don't take it. Because it can be a cause. Huh? Even me that I was born again, baptized, feed you legal, I started getting scared. They said, it can be, I don't know if I've heard that thing before, that if you're not born again, if you're not yet baptized, and you take the communion, it can have a ripple effect on your life. <laughs> ah, 
Religion is terrible. Jesus. All right. Ready for the word? Let's look at this. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 26. I'm starting deliberately from Paul's explanation because in Paul's explanation, it looks like Paul was giving a commandment. And if you are not careful with God, before, before, I think, okay, this is not in my notes, but I think I want to do a bit, I want to do, I want to give you a crash course on the church of Corinth. I have a teaching I'm going to teach very soon on Corinth. But I, I, I want to give you a crash course. Are you ready for this? Okay, let's read this. Then we'll do a crash course quickly before we enter into. So that way your mind is ready understanding what we are about to study. Now let's read it. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Now if you have been following us in our Bible Eminotic series, you will know that when he says, I receive of the Lord now, he's quoting from somebody, right? I've told you that they used to quote other writers, right? Right? Now, and he says, when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take it. This is my body. Which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup. When he had sopped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this in re- as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, he now says, for as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the lost death till he comes. <laughs> this has now been the problem. That as often as you eat it, do this as, and it will show the lost remembrance. Now, see guys, number one thing you must understand in the church of Corinth was that Corinth, the church of Corinth was, let me use the, in quotations, problem church. Number, if you start from chapter 1, you will notice that there was divisions in the church, right? They were not growing. In fact, in chapter 3, Paul told us that he could not speak unto them as unto what? Spiritual, right? But That means they are not growing. You notice, even in chapter, even in chapter 6 or 7, he had to still explain. Look at let's let, let's open your Bibles. Let's let's quickly do. Let's quickly do. Like I said, I want to show us a crash course. We're going. We're coming back to this communion, but I want your mind thinking. Let's look at all the problems they were encountering. Chapter one. If you look at in verse eleven, it says, "For it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you." So number one, there's already problem. There's contentions. There's divisions. In the church already. Are you seeing it? In 13, he was telling them, is Christ divided? Is Paul crucified? So there was different ministries happening and they were following different preachers. And, and that thing is very terrible. As I have always taught you, stick your mind to one place. The very minute you start following different preachers, you listen to this person. You know, there was something. <laughs> some things were trending on, on Instagram, uh, on Twitter, a couple of months ago. Some people say, list, list of pastors. That, 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 that you listed to also. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, you've not been active on Twitter these days. I think there's, there's something that they said. They said, I follow this world for faith. I follow this world for prayer. I follow this world for when I'm, when I'm, 
when I'm in the so the best, I just I just don't want to mention name when I when I need to chant. I follow this one for Holy Ghost. I follow this one for word. Brethren, that's the height of confusion. You follow this one for you follow this one for worship. You follow this one for that's what they were doing in Corinth. Apollo's church. So they were going to learn John the Baptist ministry. <laughs> Peter. You know, Peter was still teaching circumcision. Paul dealt with him in Galatians. But he said, it's no justification by faith. He was still telling them, they follow Peter, they follow Paul. So they were everything. There was a lot of those contentions and divisions. In chapter 2, there was issues, look at it in chapter 2, there was issues with the gospel. So that means, because I told you, I think it was, I don't know the series I was teaching you and I explained that Corinth is more of a cosmopolitan church such that it relates more with our today's New York, our today's Los Angeles, our today's busy city, commercial busy city, and our today's London, right? Our today's Wall Street, right? Commercial city. So that means most of what they are hearing. So you see all these messages we preach today in churches, motivation. I was, I was sorry to say, I, was, I don't do this, honestly. One night this week, I just finished prayer and I was just very curious. And I went to this Saturday preacher's name. Uh, this Saturday preacher page. I just stumbled on it on Facebook, then, uh, on, on Instagram. You, everybody, all of you, this Chamaka's former pastor. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> then I, went, I just stumbled on the page. For some reason, <laughs> when I met Chamaka, Chamaka, I'll be teaching Chamaka. Chamaka will tell me, that's my pastor. Ah. So, all my sweat, day and night. Chamaka <laughs> tell me, that's still my pastor. That's my Somebody you have not seen before, you have never been to his church before. You, <laughs> you don't even listen to him often. As if you even listen to him, himself, it would have been better for me, right? I would have said, ah, you are a good disciple. You don't even hear him. It's me you are hearing. I say, that's my pastor. He used to do me to knock her head there. But thank God she's born again. <laughs> so now I just stumbled on this page, right? And I just kept seeing things. <laughs> my God, oh my God. I was, it's this week, oh. I was perplexed. When they say, this, I, I, I'm not joking with you. I was legit scrolling through the page. I was like, ha, ha, thought. <laughs> Number one, the way the wife, sorry, I'm so sorry. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this. I think you have to cut this part from the audience. <laughs> the way the wife, the way the wife was even, the, the, before service, before service, when men supposed to be praying and, you know, be in the spirit of meeting, so, the wife was doing makeup. So, the husband took video and came to record and said, ah, 20 minutes before service. So, a lot of people were doing the wife's here. And they said, ah, this, this, this is the disadvantages of a black woman. They said, get out here. This is da 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 da. Ha. 20 minutes before service. You know what I was teaching you yesterday night? Our attitude to church. They were doing makeup, doing everything. Then, they now say the, the video in the video a few minutes later. 
they just appear inside his service. How stuck you with it? Get away from me here. In church. I said, we say, yes, pastor. I'm not joking. I was just saying, ha, ha. You know, my, it was my friend that called my attention to something. When I was at the airport in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, he just said, have you heard, I still don't want to mention his name, have you heard what this person is saying in your country? I said, ah, I saw it someday on TikTok. But I just thought maybe it's a lie. You don't want to give some people benefit of doubt. I said, ah. He said, ah. My friend said, it's not a lie. Oh. <laughs> it's not a lie. And I went there. I kept seeing things. So when I say, I followed down. No, God will not let me go there. <laughs> they will see writing soon. Don't worry. I, so, now, somebody will not say, I follow that one for when I just want to feel motivated. God will not let anybody follow me for motivation. <laughs> I'm not joking, no. So, why did I say that story? That was the issue that was going on in verse 2. When Paul said, ha, guys, when I was preaching, I did not preach with excellency of man's wisdom. Many of what those guys do is just to Keep cooking up stories. There is no message. It's just keep also your relatable experiences. Like what is going through your work. Uh, There's some people that you need to disassociate yourself from in your life such that you don't uh, just relatable experiences. So we pour. So now the issue in Corinth are still what is happening in our today's world. That's why I used to tell you. I taught you in Bible Eminotics, and I said that. If Paul knew that, he foresaw that the wider implications of his writings, that we will read his writings today, he probably would have maybe added more. But I believe this is God's wisdom. Now, that's why Paul had to say, see guys, when me I came to you, I did not come declaring unto you with the testimonies of man's wisdom. It is my preacher, my, my speech and my preaching. It's with the demonstration of the spirit and power. That's apodexis. It means, see, I did not just come with ordinary mere words. I came supernaturally. He says, so that your, your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men. There's such a thing as people's faith standing in. So it's not a, so when you start hearing all those mess, messages, motivational things, all of those, it's a, it's a build up or something. The faith of men is standing on wisdom of men. Imagine somebody said one day and said, list of preachers, eh, Benihi, this preacher, then Bigate. Ah, how did Bigate become a preacher? He said because his pastor mentions it a lot. <laughs> so he believes that he must be a preacher. <laughs> Let's leave that one. Look at chapter 3. He said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto current. We're going to do a study on current very soon. He started telling them, he started telling them about the work of ministry and everything. In verse 4, he started telling them the still worship, how they must account for, how they will be accounted for their working in, um, in the kingdom of God. In verse 5, he started telling them, that was where the issue of a, father, a, a brother fornicating with his father's wife. 
I don't think even in our world today, if those things are happening, but you should tell you that the kind of things that are happening for Bible days. Imagine you can't pick your father's wife. <laughs> it's still happening. Ah. <laughs> even worse. Ah. <laughs> you got to verse 6, chapter 6. See that? Ah, they, they were, believers were taking each other to court. They couldn't settle issue. You! Imagine... Those of you now in this place now, let's say, at least, if I want to say knitted soul in this church now, I can say joy and uh, just like David and Jonathan, I can say joy and Iyadi, those ones that have been together for years. We can say, okay, this was at least knitted soul, you know. You, you don't have any knitted soul. Don't even check it. <laughs> so, we can still say at least, or Abraham and Kuredi, we can say those two goods, you know, uh, or Tony and Tubishi, those ones are too connected, you know, the two families became friends because of the friendship. It's just like my friends, me, Soji Bankoli, my parents didn't, our parents did not like, know each other. It was because of our friendship that our parents became close. <laughs> you see it? So, and it's like that. It's, so, we can say, imagine the two of you now taking each other to court. That's what was happening in Corinth. Eh? I cannot, we cannot settle this. We, pastor cannot be the one to answer this issue. We are going to call. That was the issue that was going on in chapter 6. But I said, ah, you are even going to judge angels. Why are you people taking each other to court? So imagine, why, why is his sister not around in church today? Is he, is he this prison? <laughs> why? Who took him to prison? The brother is in church. <laughs> that was what was going on in Corinth too. That's what is going on. So look at look at chapter seven. Concerning, he brought back the issue of the uh, chapter seven was about marriage, and uh, should I marry? Should I not marry? Who should I marry? <laughs> Which wife should I marry? should I be single or should I see the kind of issue? Not spiritual yet. See the kind of issue that Paul was addressing. So they still they still were asking questions about circumcision. Ah, what can't we be circumcised? What is going on? And Paul says, see, if you want to marry, marry. And all of those things. He started asking, now chapter 8. In chapter 8, they started talking about food offers to idol. I'm going to teach us when we start talking about conscious issues. This chapter 8. When we, when we study, later in the summer, when we are answering, when we are doing a study on answering perplexing questions, we're going to, I'm going to ask it where almost start my teaching from this, po this point of view. When it says, okay, should we, should we eat the things that, <laughs> look at the kind of questions they were asking. And the kind of issues, should we eat what is sacrificed to idols? <laughs> so you see that, when you see your disciples asking questions, don't blame them. <laughs> should we be, so the things that are sacrificed to idols, should we eat it? So it's like saying, this way all those Christians cannot eat pork. They will eat pork, this and that. Paul now has to say, see. So what should I wear? What should I not wear? See, see, see. Just respect the conscience. If the person will see you as a sinner eating this, you know in our today's world now, imagine you see me now on your Instagram reels and you see me in the club yesterday night and you saw me this morning in church. Yeah. Do you know that will affect your conscience? Are you seeing what I'm saying? Or you see me, you come to my house now and you open my freezer and you see a king. Hey, why would you say, ah, ah, It's not what I'm thinking. You, you know you close it, but you will not talk. 
let's say you the next day you're not keen the bottle has the i did not finish the bottle i drank it to half no you just saw half bottle of enekin ah in your mind you don't wonder is he really enekin how do i even ask this question is he enekin then the next day the bottle is not there upper day you just you just open my kitchen cabinet all day you just see one pack then I'm now teaching and say, you know alcohol is not good. Your mind is always say, ah. <laughs> your mind is always say, ah, ah, you are lying, <laughs> you are lying. <laughs> you know, that was what was going on here. <laughs> that no, even if it is grape juice that you will drink, and that person is seeing it and say, ah, why is this person drinking grape juice? Don't drink it. So, so you know that's why that's why in, in this place he told them that there is no there is no gods anywhere. All that all the gods are dead and all of those things that you can hit any sacrifice you want to eat and all of those things they are dealt with that one. In chapter nine, he now told them a man opposed to. He started explaining. He started invalid. He started validating his call for them. I think is this, is this where I thought are we ministers? No, no. This is where I thought they are women. This way. It's eleven, okay. But I think I've thought this. I think I thought this one. I thought I've thought this one before. So this was where he was evaluated. If I be an apostle, he started telling them, "See, this message I'm preaching, I did not get it from anybody. This or that." In verse ten, he started bringing an example of the Old Testament to them. Now look at what he was doing, and in this same verse ten, there was the communion practice again. Look at in chapter ten. Verse 16. It says, The cup of blessing which is to bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? He brought this back. In chapter 10, he started explaining what we are eating, what we are drinking. He was explaining murmuring, how murmuring affected the children of Israel. He brought back the examples of the other. This chapter 10 is very eminotical that we really have to study it as the years progress. He brought back, he even said, look at it in verse 10 in chapter 1. It says, Brethren, I would that you should not be ignorant of how your fathers were passed through the seas, uh, all your fathers were baptized and passed through the seas and were baptized into the Moses. Look at the way he explained it. He says they were baptized into Moses. And that says, well, they were all says, usually, and says, but this way read in verse 6, he says, this way read it for our example. So he, he was taking them back to the narrative of the Old Testament to see, see, this is where the church of those days made mistake and we are already making the same mistake. Are you seeing it? He brought back those examples and in verse 11, he told them, see, follow me. As I follow our Christ. You know, there are sometimes you have to tell your members, see, just do my example. He told them, so he told them, follow me, see. And that's the same, that's where they, they talked about the, the year, the everything, and uh, um, then the communion thing that we were about to study came up in play. Then the, the communion thing now, look at investment. Let, let, let me show you where the communion thing started from. I, I should not get here, but because I'm explaining Corinthians to you, which we will still study much later in a proper perspective. Look at verse 18 or verse 17. When they are gathering in church, he says, I declare unto you that I praise you that when you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. That is, our coming together as church should be for the better and not for the world. He not say, for first of all, when ye come to church, I hear that there be divisions among you. 
He said, and I partly believe it. So that means there was a lot of strife, a lot of divisions in the church. Paul said, but <laughs> I, I chose not to believe it. You know, since, you know, since, but there be heresies among you. But they which are proven that you may be manifest. See, when you come together into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper, is it? <laughs> he said, your coming is not to be eating, drink, and eating bread. He now says, look at what he now says. He now says, for if in eating one ticket his own supper, and one is hungry, and another one is drunk. He said, what if one decide to eat this thing? And decide that, and you know, and decide that, me, I want more, I want to get, I keep eating and get drunk. In this place. He now says, what? Have you no house? You know that's what he says. Have you no house where you can eat or drink? Instead of coming to eat in church. So food was a problem. Shame of communion. Eating Passover. Eating was a problem in the church. He said, ah, don't you have houses where you can actually eat and drink? So that shows that there were some brothers in the church. That as soon as they take their own communion, they would get drunk. <laughs> Are you seeing it? Are you seeing that this church had problem? <laughs> they were they had issues. Paul said, ah, it's not that they blame me. Don't you have houses? Let me tell you the, let me tell you something. If you want to see the true color of men, be shaving food in church every Sunday. <laughs> As a pastor, I have first start <laughs> experience of that thing. Food. When Peter said, we will not leave the word of God as our table, I beg you, you better follow it in your ministry. <laughs> Peter had to ordain. Look at, see, look at the kind of criteria Peter used to pick somebody that will serve food. He said, "Men full of the Holy Ghost. That is, <laughs> if you cannot pray in tongues and interpret, <laughs> you, can't, you can't share food. <laughs> Men full of the Holy Ghost are full of wisdom. And, and most importantly, honest reports. Everybody just know that this one is gentle. Everybody knows that this one is not a troublemaker. The whole church could just attest for several. Almost 5,000 church members could only attest for no, with their even 3,000, 5,000. So that's about 8,000. 8,000 people could only attest. You know, Paul Peter said, Look among yourself, men full of honest reports. Oh, that, that part, people don't people miss it. Honest report is very key in ministry. People must be able to say, he's a good guy. In church, people must be able to trace you and say, it's just like if somebody come and asks me now about you, let's say you want to get married tomorrow. And they say the pastor of the person you want to get married to comes and asks me and say, what, what do you think about this person? Or that this brother or this sister? <laughs> I say, yeah. I say, should, which year should I start from? <laughs> I say, this year, that person was not good. This year, I was just joking. But there must be an honest report about you. That's why you must ensure to live blamelessly. Like, you get what I'm saying? Now, he now says, men full of the Holy Ghost. Look at criteria to serve food, though. You know, today now, it's even backsliding people that. <laughs> it's even people that don't come to church. And you know, it's the day that food wants to be in church. That's when people who have never come to church for months will suddenly show up. What if you notice that? 
don't say you've known. How you have noticed that? Any day they say there's food in church. People have never come to church before. We show up that day. Then I'm saying, ah, sorry, we've been busy. You know, he's America, he's work. He's a lie, he came to collect food. So that means there were people that were drinking this communion. And my brothers and sisters, they were like me. That I remember when Reverend Kisley, I had to mention this thing, bought the only communion pack when we were just That thing always finished almost every. When, then we used to do only communion before we grew out of that. That the pack used to finish. Mr. Nazali will now be wondering. Ah. Pastor, we just bought this thing two months ago. We are not even half to 50 that took this communion. How come I have to buy another pack in two months? Revicacy <sighs> just kept asking, what's going on? Well, every time I come to church and I come to pray, <laughs> and I'm finished. <laughs> I can show you that in some of my cardigans in India, there's still only communion. We just go there. I remember me and Sister Jessica. Sister Jessica told me, the way me and Sister Jessica heard that thing, Sister Jessica told me that when she was pregnant, what she craved was communion. She said, hey, why? You see what we do? No good. <laughs> because we heard that thing. Anytime Sister Jessica comes to church, like this, she passed on the look. She passed on the look. So they would pack, pack our meat, I'll pack my own. So Pastor said, what are, what are you eating? Pastor, nothing, nothing, nothing. So with anato pasta, this thing is sweet too. I say, Pastor, you better be eating this thing. You too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything he comes to church, you gotta pack some. <laughs> That's how we finish the whole thing. So she can't tell me that. She, she sent me the picture one day. She said, Hey, why? You no go believe her. He said, Hey, why? You will not believe this thing. That the only thing I was craving in my pregnancy state was communion. He said, Is this not God's judgment on me? <laughs> We stole that thing. So, that church, they had issues. We are coming back to that text too. Chapter 12. Paul now says concerning spirituals. So because anybody, I will, not call, I will not have you be an idiotist. That's why he said there are diversities of gifts, there are differences of administration. That administration, he meant it too because some people don't wake up now as I'm preaching and just stand up again and be really sick. <laughs> In the church of Corinth. So he said there are differences of administration. <laughs> differences. See, there are diversities of operation. So he said, he said as you are teaching now, he doesn't say, bro, go to <laughs> That was how they were doing in Corinth. <laughs> I'm not joking. So that's why Paul started giving them seed. That's why in verse 28 he said, As God said some in the church, first apostles. Secondarily, prophet, thirdly, teachers. It's easy. You have to see there is a hierarchy. You can't just be a believer that just got born again yesterday. I just come to the movie and just say, before the, before the, <laughs> before pastor comes to teach, I just have a word for you. Oh, sure. <laughs> that was what was going on in the church. So you have to tell them. So that's why in chapter 13, that people have misunderstood. He says, see, even if I speak in tongues of ages, <laughs> And I don't have love because many of them are just doing it to show off. I'm like a sounding symbol. It's a figure of speech. It's not saying there's anything called tongues of angels. 
you have to understand English. It's just a figure of speech. <laughs> There's nothing like tons of angels. He was only explaining to them the love work. How love must motivate what you are doing as a preacher. So that's why he says, see, even if I speak in thoughts, even if I come to church, how are you doing? Zofra. Are you good? Yaza. That's what the Jiri Corinthians do. So Paul tell them. And because they don't have love work, even if, I, even if you speak in tongues, it's not as if he's condemning tongues. He was only explaining love work. Are you seeing it? Now, in verse 14, he told them to follow. Now, look at, that's why as a preacher, you must learn how to explain God's word. You can correct a wrong, but you must never invalidate that what they are doing is right. It's like saying, if you, if you are teaching tongues now, don't say people should, it's not, there's nothing wrong with praying too much in tongues, but you can put order to it that when teaching meeting is going on, pray in tongues under your breath. Are you getting what I'm saying? But don't, he now did chapter 14 and told them, convert spiritual gifts. Are you seeing it? Follow after charity, desire the spiritual gift. He's not condemning them. They already had it. It was already, he's just putting structure in place. That's why he told them, when two or more people come together, hear all of those things. Then in 15, he now explained that, see, you, Jesus is coming soon, oh, that we have died, our body, Jesus is not coming soon, we are going to be raised again. He was explaining the resurrection from them, um, the incorruptibility. Chapter 16, he had to teach them giving. See, that giving, none of them were giving. That's why he chapter 16, concerning the collection of the saints, ah, uh, in order of the churches of Galatia, even so do ye, that upon the first day of the week, every man will lay in store. So people were just coming to church and nobody was giving. Every man will lay in store upon how God has prospered him. So you know, he, he eventually still sent Timothy to come and preach to them there, to come and still strengthen them <laughs> in the church. He was chapter, his second Corinthians that he started giving them as it were doctrine, explaining things to them. But now, see the kind of issues they had, though. And this was the same church. He said, when you want to take communion, let's go back to our series now. When you want to take communion, do it in remembrance of me. Could they have been teaching? That's the question we want to address. Could they have been teaching that they should, knowing that fully well, that there was already a brother in the church who was already getting drunk, <laughs> on this thing, could they have been teaching that this communion um, is something we should be doing often? All right, so just like we just like we do our textual, we are doing our grammatical analysis and all of those things. We'll do grammatical analysis, we'll do historical analysis, we'll do all of those things, and we'll we'll see where we can. We'll trust God for light. Amen. All right, that same that same First Corinthians eleven. So I just gave you a quick crash course, right, of Gal of Corinth. First Corinthians 1. We'll look at more of Corinthians 2 later. The divisions, the everything that was happening. It was a church where a whole lot was going on. A whole lot. Uh, even as a pastor, many a times you can, many a times I can gain wisdom from how poor corrected issues. Because even, you know, in First Corinthians 5 verse 5, 
That's where that statement till today, people still misunderstood and say, deliver him up to Satan. That brother in the Corinthian church that just chase him out. It's 2 Corinthians, if they welcomed him back. So you must learn to read the entire question in Corinthians. But that brother had to leave the church at some point. So now, we now have to deal with, till today now, people are still, people are still on that issue of, I've had, to, I've had to answer these questions at some for our, where people say, is it right for churches to excommunicate members? Is it, I know a pastor who excommunicated my friend. In fact, this was somebody I got born again, got affiliated with the Holy Ghost, sent her to the church, and they excommunicated her from the church. Now, do I blame the pastor? No. He did the right thing. Why? How can you be in a church and you are not following the pastor? You are not listening to the pastor. You are only coming every Sunday to one bench. Every of your attitude, every of your, and you are a worker, does not portray that you follow the pastor. Uh, you, there's no point in being there. Go. Go to the pastor you are following. A lot of people just like sentiment. So we, but now I've seen issues in America where people, I've seen issues in America where people now take it to the extreme end and just like the stories I normally tell you and I say, um, I've, I've heard people, I've been on outreach before and I've heard people say, um, pastor chased me away from church because I was asking too many questions. That's wrong. Why are you a pastor if you cannot answer questions? Are you getting what I'm saying? Let's say there's a brother now who is sleeping with the whole women in our church continuously. <laughs> we have to chase him away now before he does it to a new member. <laughs> he has dated everybody in church. He has dated 10 women in church. And we've corrected him several times. He left our branch and go to another branch. And go and <laughs> It will never happen in our church, God forbid. No, your brothers like that too. Oh, you, you, you have not been born again for a while. Me, I've been born again for a few days. I can tell you, I can tell you what I've seen in church. There's a guy. Favor knows this story very well. This guy is told to the point that there was nothing the church could do again. That if this guy is coming, the whole church you keep. Favor knows who I'm talking about. The whole church will keep, if he's around you, keep your phone, no. Keep your everything, no. This brother must not see it. The, there is no, in fact, they know him everywhere. The, the church is, the church is only, you know when they say they are only accommodating, you say, there's no way you can go. Just, even if you live here now, go another place. So that your condition will not be worse. That's why they left him alone. But on the norm, they first they excommunicated him from being a choir, and he was a choir member. They excommunicated him from being a choir in church. So that issue, people still have misunderstanding of those issues of that excommunication, deliver him to say. Deliver him to Satan was not that we can hand him. Somebody will say, can 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 they deliver a believer to Satan? You can <laughs> no. You will see that in that way. But if you read, if that's why you need to learn to read. Both the, the scriptures provide. If you read the Second Corinthians, Paul talked about the brother and how they welcomed him back. They make sure that it's just like I heard Pastor Chris or Yakilome a couple of months ago said, you know, me and me and Pastor Ife were talking about this and we were saying, wow, this man does not take nonsense. And it's good. 
there was this preacher, very popular in the church. I think he was their youth pastor or something. And publicly, Pastor Chris, you are, you are, you have been relieved of your duty and you are going through spiritual rehabilitation because you are misfunctioning, you are mishandling things and all of those things. He said it publicly. Since that day he said it, we, we've not seen the guy online. I'm sure they are dealing with him somewhere. That's how to discipline people in church. There must be that order in church meetings and in church. But a lot of people come to church and they just want to do anything they want to do. They want to jump steps. They just feel like, no, not in, we're not, <laughs> we're not in our own church. Huh? You even know. You, you can't just do anything anyhow. So church must have that protocol. I don't know what I'm talking this, this thing is really key for our studies because we, this only communion practice too that we are actually studying is part of what some churches take as order or their own doctrine and their summary. But you see, you need to learn the real... So we are, we are still looking at the church of Corinth and we are seeing that there's divisions, there's contentions, there is different beliefs, different practices, different traditions, different issues in that church. And it seemed like the, the church seemed to have, in fact, to the point that Paul had to talk about giving. Paul had to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Paul had to talk about, uh, you know, in 2 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians, he still, he still was reminding them and telling them, don't you know your body is the temple of the living God? See, look at how Paul is. That's why I see, when you want to correct people too, somehow, you have to look at how the epistles do it. It's not just telling people you are wrong. No, Paul did not do that. Paul referred them back to their identity and told them they were wrong. So the best way to correct people in scriptures is to show them their identity. Look at how Paul corrected the, the fornicator issue. The fornicator issue, you see, your body is the temple of the living God. So that means, he says, you've been bought with a price. He reminded them of the use of their, their body. He reminded them of their identity. He reminded them of what the word says about them. But you know today, you are wrong, you are wrong, you are this, you know. He reminded them of what they ought to be doing and all of those things. So this church had that issue. To the point that food was even a problem. Brother was drinking communion and <laughs> getting drunk. Have we not have house? And I say that still today. Have we not have cinemas where we can watch movies? Why do we do that? Why should we do that in church? Have we not have house where we can play games? Why do we do that in church? Have we not have house where we can, you know, as it were, do some of those activities that churches have, you know, it's just like these things. But people have issues with, with people saying this thing, cultural Sunday. I can't imagine I'm going to have a cultural Sunday in our church. What does that mean? The culture of the spirit is God's word. We only have one culture as believers. When we say cultural Sunday, what if somebody's culture is nakedness? So is that person going to come to church naked? Or is say, come in your native attire? You hope you know there are culture in some part of Africa that is nakedness. In fact, even in Ghana, there are some part of Ghana, no, is it Ghana or South Africa? There's some part of South Africa that their own culture and native attire is to be naked. So if those type of person now comes to the Western world, like ours, and we say, we're having cultural Sunday. Come in your cultural attire. <laughs> what are we going to do? 
just because we are very myopic in our thinking and we cannot see, we can't see beyond Yoruba, Igbo, Awusa. That's all. That, we are just very myopic. So we will now sing, Ebami Rababa, Ebami Shedis. We will now sing, Yesu Meso Yina. We sing, Igbo so, Jehovah Shinedu, Shinedu Mo, Shinedu Mo. It's not because we are very cultural and very myopic in our thinking. What of the people that in their own culture, as men, they have to wear skirts? Let's say the people from Scotland now come, and men from Scotland are in our church now, and we say, come in your native attire, and they wear skirts. So I say, I will like that. <laughs> you know, so, and those are, now, this same issue of that culture thing was what was happening in the church where there was that distinction of Jews and Gentiles. You know what I'm doing with you? I'm opening your head up to certain things in the scriptures. That was why it seemed like there was that barrier between the Jews and the Gentiles. When you see the word all nations in scriptures, it is more to, it's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. So that's why you will see Paul had a problem. Ah, I tell you, if you really want to understand sport theology, you have to study the book of Romans very carefully. He addressed it between Romans 1 to Romans 4, that Jews and Jelta issues. To the point that, do you know that Peter could not preach to Gentiles till he saw a vision? It was such that that barrier was so... That's why... I'm, I, I, you know I told you in January, there's, there's this teaching I want to do. Probably I'll do it next year. Uh, God and racism. I really have to do it. Because we have to see what's the breaking line. Did God divide the world himself or all of those things? We have to really study it. To the point that it took till look at how far, how many years Jesus has died. The gospel was still secluded to just the Jews. It took till Paul getting on the scene to break it. He broke it all by Colonial's house, while he was yet speaking, the Holy Ghost came and all of those things. But imagine, the Holy Ghost showed him, he said, alright, kill him, I will not cover to say or clean. Look at his mindset. So that means their message was so restricted to a specific people. And that's how we still have today. We still look at the world. And that culture, now, we can see that the church of Corinth now was more of a Gentile people. So now, the Gentiles also had their own practice, and the Jews was also involved in the church. So it was like a mixture because they were in a cosmopolitan world. Are you seeing it now? So it's not like Jerusalem, where it's thoroughly Jews. So it's now a place, like a regular new where everybody is. So there was Jews, there was Gentiles, there's everybody in the church. So there was now still in that same church a lot of barriers. In the church of Corinth. So there was that barrier. So it's like, ah, I'm not related. So it's like, say, because you are a Jew, I'm taking you to the court. I'm taking you to court. Because you are black, I'm taking you to this. So when somebody is speaking, you shut up, shut up. So it's like, when somebody is speaking, the thoughts are giving it interpretation. So let's say a Jew is giving it interpretation. Say, say, Zephra goes over the judge, the me to a council. Oh, I didn't see what was happening. There was that issue. So you can take communion on me, I'll take my own better. There was that 
<laughs> we will study it as the years progress. And we will look at that. And that's why, if you notice when Jesus, when, how Paul explained his gospel, he said there is no bond or free. There is, there is neither male or female, but we are all one in Christ. He explained it and he brought us back to the unity just like in Genesis. He brought us back. From the, that's why he accused Peter in, in the book of Galatians that why are you still trying to build a custom around this? Now, look at something. We culture, now look, look at the dicey thing that we must always address in Bible study and even as a church in growing up. We culture still affects the way we do things as a church a bit, but would that be our custom and tradition? No. Okay, let's look at it this way. Look at the use of our wearing suits. You know, Jesus never wore suits. That was not his custom. So we are still influenced with that, right? Our messages are on streaming platforms. That's the custom of the world we live in right now. Uh, um, uh, which other cultural things do we have again? Uh, they didn't meet in a building, right? They probably were meeting in a synagogue, in a, in a temple and all of those things. But we now, we have the modifier. <laughs> that lights up our dark places. <laughs> you know, different issues in different things. But would that change the traditions of God's word? No, it must not change. It must not. So now, I'm, I think I'm digressing too much. But is this blessing you? Okay. Look at 1 Corinthians 11. Let's look at some key words to note in verse 12. Verse 23, sorry. 1 Corinthians 11, 23. It says, for I have received. So now, number one thing we want to take note of, we, we, I'm, I'm giving you a systematic way of, of how we want to approach our study. We want to look at the word received. We want to look at, uh, it says, that which also I delivered. Number two thing we are looking at is delivered. We want to look at that same night which he took, which he, which he, that same night, in which he was betrayed, took bread. And that says, and when he had given things, he break it. We are looking at break or broken. In that says, take it. We are looking at it. Says, this is my body. We are looking at body. That says, which is broken for you. We already said we are going to look at that. That says, do this in remembrance. We are looking at remembrance. It says, do this in remembrance of me. And it says, after this also, he took the cup and he sobbed. It says, this is the cup of my intestine my blood. It says, as you do often, drink it. And he now says, do this in remembrance of me. As often as you eat it, he now says, and drink this blood. Ye do show. We are looking at that word, show the lost dead silicone. I just give you a key point or key words we are going to use to address and to help us in our study. All right, let's look at received. That word received is from the Greek word paralambano. You should know that word already. You should know lambano means take, right? Mm -hmm. 
paralambano. Paralambano. That's received. It means to receive something transmitted. It means to receive by being told. To receive by being told. So the word paralambano was used 11 times in the epistles, in Paul's epistles, and more than two times in the book of Corinth, in the book of Corinthians. That word receive means to receive something being transmitted and to receive by being told. So now let's read it now. With this understanding that I just gave you now. Let's read it now. It says, For I received of the Lord that which I also delivered to you. Can we say he heard it somewhere? Can we say he heard it somewhere? Can we say he read it somewhere? Can we say he heard what Jesus told the disciples? Right? He has been communicated to him. So that's paralambano. So when I say, it's just like what you are being taught now, you teach it somebody somewhere, and I say, that which I receive. Can we say because you learnt it somewhere, paralambano, right? Okay, good. So now, paralambano, look at, let's look at instances where it was used in Corinth. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. Just put your hands there. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received where ye stand. So you receive means you've been told, right? You, it has been transmitted to you, right? Well, look at in verse 3 of that same 1 Corinthians 15. It says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which also I have received. How that Christ died. What did he receive? How that Christ died according to the scriptures. So where did he receive it? Where did he receive it? According to the scriptures. What's the scriptures? Genesis to Malachi, right? The Old Testament. When we say scripture, when you see the word scriptures in the New Testament, they are referring to the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi. That was the Bible of Jesus. That was the Bible of the, the churches. So when they say they are taking Bible to church, it was Genesis to Malachi. Are you getting what I'm saying? They didn't have, uh, they didn't even have Matthew. So now look at me. They didn't have Matthew to read, to say, Jesus told them, do this in remembrance of me. They didn't have it. Their practices, their traditions, their style was from the Old Testament. If you understand this, eh? It will help your study in Bible study. The church of Corinth did not have Matthew. Even, they did not even have Corinth. Their Bible was Genesis to what? Malachi. So if they were going to take an Holy Communion, where would they have gotten the practice from? So where was Jesus' Bible from? So if they were going to do a tradition, one of the things, one of the questions I have in my notes that I'm going to study is, we're going to look at this. Did Jesus institute the custom himself? <laughs> We're going to study it. Because his Bible was on where? You must always understand it. This, this basic principle will help your Bible study. That's to show you that in coming to the New Testament, there was nothing really new. Are you getting what I'm saying? There was nothing really new. When you study the traditions and the New Testament, there was nothing new. Nothing was new. So, 
Again, Paul was about to communicate what was passed down to him. This was evidenced in, um, look at in Galatians 1. Galatians 1, verse 16 to 18. So that's why you will notice that even in Corinth, okay, so now let me explain to you where did Paul get the answers to the questions he was teaching them from? Genesis to Malachi. When you want to correct their practices, their traditions, their behaviors, what Bible was he using to correct it? You must always understand this. That's why I told you, follow our Bible Eminotic series very well. We, we, you know, we're still, especially the series too that we're doing. Well, this one is our ending. We'll, we'll, finish it some, this, we'll finish this series too someday. <laughs> but you must understand that. In understanding the entire Genesis to Malachi, you are coming to a proper understanding of the scriptures. But you know what we do? We throw the Old Testament and say, done. It's the whole testament. See, I'm going to explain to you what an Old Testament means. The whole book is not the Old Testament though. The practices are called Old Testaments, not the doctrine. Look at how we explained let there be light. Can you call that an Old Testament? That can be Old Testament. Is the practices that is called Old Testament. So you can't call the book Old Testament. That's why I told you. You know I told you I said I have issues with that word, Old Testament, New Testament. We'll get there, not now. So you're not going to say, I, my own is too much. We'll get there in future, not now. <laughs> Let's build very well. Let's build our, our journey very well. Now look at something. Look at the Galatians 1, verse 16 to 18. You know, you have to understand. I don't know if you, 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 you're liking Bible study more. I don't feel Bible is making sense to you more. And you're seeing how to. When somebody asks you, because you're just what, what, bring it on. <laughs> you know, years ago, when people ask me questions as a preacher, many, many, many years ago, I'll say, wow. I'll, show, I'll just go there to Deuteronomy. There's one verse in Deuteronomy that says that there are some deep mysteries that. You cannot understand. <laughs> you understand it in the years to come. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. But the more I grow in Bible studies, the more I see that there's really no mystery anywhere. There's no mystery. All right, look at in Galatians 1, verse 16 to 18. Because why am I explaining this Paul? I feel like I need to explain this Paul thing because a lot of people still have a misconception that Paul got his message from the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that an angel walked up to Paul and started giving and said, write this down. I, Paul, I, Paul, according to the grace of God that was offered to me, <laughs> write it down. That everything that Paul wrote down was given to him by an angel. That he just saw it in a vision and was writing it down. That's not true. That's not true. Paul read the scriptures like you. He was a Pharisee. So how did he get one of the things he was written? Look at it. He says, To reveal son in me, that I may preach, preach him according to the Ethan, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, but I went up to Jerusalem, to them which were apostles before me. And I went to Arabia, and returned again to Damascus. He was giving us his journey. He said, I went to 
the apostles, who are the apostles before him, the 12, right? He said, he went to ask questions. He went to learn from them. So Paul too was a student. He learned. He read the scriptures. He learned things. Are you seeing it, guys? So he wasn't given to, he wasn't that the one Holy Ghost. Well, it's just like Moses. I've always told you. Have we gotten there in this our Bible hypnotics? Um, how Moses wrote oral, oral traditions? Have I, have, we, have, I got, have we gotten there? Have I explained the oral tradition? Is Moses' historical background? Oh, I say it's the character of God. Oh, shoot. But, but I've not explained it. I've not explained Moses' historical background in this Bible hypnotics. Oh, shoot. Okay, but I'm going, to, I'm going to explain it again in character of, in, in this Bible hypnotics. The, our next session. It's just like Moses too. A lot of people believe that Moses got his doctrine on the mountain. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. We'll, I will not say so that you will listen. So if you are listening to me now, refer, refer to Bible we notice or character of God. Refer to any of those words. Bible notice series two actually would. We'll, We'll deal with that there. What's his historical background? How, how did he write the scriptures? Where did he get it from? Because he's the first writer. Where did you get what you are writing from? In the, uh, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Ah, brother, where did you see it? How did you know? <laughs> We're going to study that in Bible. It's, this is, people just say, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. This is only God that knows. <laughs> they will find out on the last day. It's only God that knows. <laughs> no. <laughs> they say, don't question God. And that's what has led a lot of people to be an atheist today. Don't question God. When you ever ask questions, don't question. Keep short. Shh, shh. Don't ask. It's only God that will give us the answer. <laughs> okay, so we'll deal with that in, uh, in the Bible hypnotics. So Paul attested, so Paul did not get his doctrine from an angel because he even told us in Galatians, look at what he told us in Galatians 1, verse, verse, uh, all these people that used to bring up new doctrine, look at it, verse 6. This is a marvel that ye are soon so removed from he that has called you into the, from he that called you into the grace of God to another gospel. So which is not another, but there be some that trouble you who shall pervert the gospel. And that's his verse eight. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, other than that which is preached, let him be accord. See, even if you see an angel today, and the angel does not tell you what is in the written word. The angel was just telling you things and you're just wondering, ah, this does not have correlation with the ritual. Discard it. Don't go on. Some of you that like all these angelic manifestations, all this, uh, I just saw it. He told me to go and kiss somebody. That angel, any angel that tells you to go and do that, he cannot be the angel of God. So you should go and steal. Any, anything, any vision, any revelation, you see that contradicts the written word can never be of God. You must always have that at the back of your mind. This story keeps going, get, this story keeps coming to my mind all the time. The story that Dr. Rachel Damina shared and she said that she saw a vision where she saw an angel and the angel was telling her something 
contrary to what the written words say. And she kept arguing with the angel and said that, no, that's not what the scripture says. No. And suddenly she just said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuked you. And the angel just turned to ashes in her very eyes. She was like, wow. So Dr. Damana was now explaining the story and saying that that is how a lot of people go with false visions, false revelations. That's why if you notice when we started in basis of Christianity, the first thing I explained is the reality of the word. You must understand and learn to depend on God's word, even beyond visions and revelations. Now, look at what I did not say. Did I say that visions and revelation is no good? I never said that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, that's where people, people get to an extreme. And that's why I try to make sure that... That's why somebody now will listen to Holy Communion and this series that we are doing now and not hear our teachings on the gifts of the Spirit and think we are condemning things of the Spirit. Are you seeing it? That's not it. But if you have visions and revelations and you see things, you see dreams, you see visions that contradict the written words, don't disregard it. It's not of God. The written word cannot be broken. Let me tell you, the life of the believer is already stable because we already have the written word. The life of the believer is so predictable because we already have the written word. So what now makes the believer misbehave or do something is the explanation of what is being explained to him. Why we have so many false practices today, so many false beliefs today, is because of wrong interpretations of scripture. That's why we started our series on Bible Eminotes, just to really explain again a proper and fresh perspective of the scriptures to people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Everything rises and falls on just the way the word is explained. It's just like how we are looking at this Holy Communion. By the time we are done with this now, you will see what, by the time we are done with this, you, you will see what this Holy Communion is all about. But you know that it's a very strong practice in churches today. And that's because they just take it as they did not read the preceding test. They not read the they not even read how far somebody drank it and I <laughs> was drunk. Okay. So back to our study. Paul was assessing to the fact that uh, he has not, he, he must have heard from the disciples. I'm still explaining that I received though. Are you seeing it? He has heard from the disciples where he got his revelation from and all of those things. Look at in Acts 9. Acts 9.25, we are still going to receive, we're gradually, we're gradually going to progress in our study on this. Acts 9, verse 25-28. to It says, Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in the basket. And now says, and Saul was come unto Jerusalem, and he had said to join the disciples, but they were not all afraid, but they were all afraid of him. And believe not that he was a disciple, you know, he just got born again. So they've not really believed that <laughs> he's not there to kill them. So all of them were afraid. Hey, ISIS is a misto, he's trying to bomb us, <laughs> you know. You know, I you know, I did some research and I found out that Paul was that terrorist too. That well-known figure, just like saying uh Osadam Hussein of those days, uh Osama Beladin of those days. And he just got born again and started preaching. That, that was how he was, actually. He was, you know, I'm, I'm saying well-known figure. Are you getting what I'm saying? That guy that everybody, ah, 
at the mention of Saul, every knee is trembling. I, I, I kind of, I didn't dig deep into it, but I kind of tried to do more. But I found out that he was like that Hussein Hussein of those days. Uh, Osama Biladin, that guy, uh, Shekau, you know, that somebody knows that. Ha! Huh. And he got born again. Ah! I tr we, we, we are, ah, I trust God for things like that in our days. You know, that can only be supernatural. And you know, you know, I still say it today. It's Stephen's salvation, it's Stephen's story that I believe opened the door for him. You know, he supervised the death of Stephen. And Stephen said, I see the son of man uh, ascending and descending. And you know, he had almost the same experience. He to a light up heaven from above and he heard the same voice. So that shows that he went back thinking about it. Yes, yes, he killed the guy. But see, that's why I told you words are very powerful. He probably didn't forget it. He probably went home that day. You know, there's this movie that I stumbled on. I don't know, it's not really accessible. Paul, they call it Paul. I watched the fake version, but there's a <laughs> there's a real version I have not watched. But I watched the fake version and they were explaining the, 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 the writers of that version. There's one that is very popular, but there's one I stumbled on. on I, I can't even forgot, I can't, I even forgot the streaming platform I saw. It's just one of these uh, one of big guys that just acted something. But I feel like they kind of knew the gospel a bit. I saw that. I watched it to that point and I, I was wowed and I closed it. I have not, I have not picked it back for, for almost, almost two years now. I have not picked that thing back again. Now, I noticed that. I noticed something they did in that movie. They, they stayed very long in that Stephen story. Just to really explain the conversion of Paul. And I noticed, oh, these guys understand. Because me, when I want to watch things like that, me, my, me, I'm looking for their error. I'm like, what this we want? Hope you don't want to go and mistakenly do something. You know, to today now, when we watch Jesus movie, a lot of people are thinking that that's the real Jesus. Not knowing that he's an actor who just acted. They, they just flogged and he pretended like he was crying. And they put pepper, they put, they put blood cause ketchup on his back. <laughs> you know, we watch that movie and they're still crying, thinking that that's the real Jesus. Please, that's not the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. He's an actor. <laughs> you know, that's how a lot of people today, they, they, they have, they've idolized that guy. The picture of that guy is in their churches, is in their houses, is in their everything. Yeah, they've idolized the guy. That's the picture of the normal Jesus. And every Easter, they watch the movie, they cry, Lord. It's time for them to be rejoicing that. He said, "Want to be rejoicing that he took his death? He took your death for you. You, you are laughing. You, you are crying. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that 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 guy. So I be, and that's why when we preach the gospel, we must be very deliberate with our words. Never you think that your words don't go a long way. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, Stephen now died, but <laughs> this guy." spoke words and that word to the point that do you know that when that vision came on him now somebody will say that's how somebody can be saved with that spectacular experience no that just happened once in the scripture and that's why we trace it to stephen's story stephen's encounter so you're not going to be thinking anybody can get saved through a vision no it's through a preacher <laughs> you get to what i'm saying yeah, yeah. 
Now, so now, see, he missed that experience did not lead him. Now, because, and don't forget, Paul was also a Pharisee. Let me tell you who Paul was. He was a Pharisee. And who is a Pharisee? A, somebody who knows the Torah, who knows the law at heart. But he knew it. I think I was explaining this in Let There Be Light. But he knew it in a perverse way. It's like saying, it's like how people take the scriptures today and model it up. And because of the scriptures, they are killing people. Because of the scriptures, they are doing evil things. Because of the scriptures, they are just misbehaving. That was what Paul was doing. And he was that well-known guy for it. So now, to the point that Paul was that known, to the point that Paul collects permission from government. Look at, look at that kind of authority he had. Paul collects permission. In fact, he went to collect permission on the way to Damascus. That's when he was trying to collect permission to go and kill more Christians. That government gives him and says, go ahead. <laughs> and, and on the way to Galatia, a bright light shined. No, that shows that he ruminated on that experience over a while. Because why? When that bright light said and spoke and said, I am, he says, Who art thou? Look, he did not just say, Who art thou? He said, Who art thou, Lord? He recognized it, he knew this is the Lord God. And Jesus said, and, and God said, I am the one. I am Jesus whom you are. I'm going to teach you a message on that someday. I am Jesus. He said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. And, but Paul never persecuted Jesus physically now. So that shows the believer can safely say, I am Jesus. Hey, but you are not Jesus. So. That's how somebody <laughs> on Twitter this day say, God cannot do without you. Ha! <laughs> You know this thing of intertextual corroboration that I taught you people? Eh? Intertextual corroboration of linking things, linking, linking. That's how the person link and link and link. The thing was trending on Twitter this week. I said, that means God cannot do without you. Eh? <laughs> really? So God, God, was, God is that jobless that he cannot do without you. The person link it to if you see the kind of text the person went to, me my eyes were open. I'm like, wow. Ah, he link it, link it, link it. He says, so you see it. That's how the, just that everybody started making jest of him. Because you have to learn to know this truth. You have to learn to know the scriptures properly before you come and say it. Especially <laughs> when you are using that online thing. That's what I mean. I, just, I think I remember going to be doing that online, online. You know, these are very dicey. Kind of message we preach, it does not demand. I can't imagine someone now cutting a short version of what I'm saying today. Now I gotta pose the person will take me out of context. I just see it. I can't imagine all I've been saying now for the past one hour now. Person will say, now cut a short version. There's no way you there's no way you want to cut a short version of what I've said since. That will make sense to you. Are you seeing it? It has to be explained properly. It's this they say how to answer Bible question. There is no yes or no to Bible question. No. It has to be explained. Never you give somebody a direct answer and say, yes, no, mm -mm, mm -mm, don't do that. Change. When somebody say, can a believer, is a believer internally saved? Don't say yes. Don't say no. Explain. 
Do you notice that the way we teach Bible study is like mathematics? It's, it's like formula. We are working you <laughs> to the answer. I don't know if you notice. It's just like even this only communion. I, I'm, I'm starting and I want to walk you through to the answer. But you know something? I've got you thinking, right? Yeah. I think over, over the last one and I've got you thinking. Especially when I mentioned the Old Testament and how Jesus got it on you. That has got you, that formula, right? You, are able to, you know, when, the, when they are working mass, yeah, this is, the answer will be two. You know, there's a, me, I did not know mass that much. Me, I'm not going to lie. I remember when I was writing Wayek then, I just look at it and say, 16, 8. 16, 8. You know, when they give you an equation, it looks 16, 8. Yeah, and they say A, 2, A, B, 4, Z, 2, job. Or maybe A, 2, B, 5, C, 7, C. I say, ah, if the, if the, it's always 16, 8. That's a beautiful number. <laughs> I just picked 2. I, I, skate through. Especially those that do further mathematics. I used to feel like, like, why did you decide to complicate life issues? Like, mass is not enough. You now say for that mass. I don't believe they have anything. I don't believe they are nice people. I feel like they are just wicked and they just chose to dwell in their wickedness. Because who just likes mass? Well, so at, where were we? Sorry. So Paul has been saved. He was introduced to Barnabas, right? Having been saved from the Jews, they wanted to kill him. And the Jews also wanted to kill him too. But he was taken by Barnabas to Jerusalem to be among the disciples. Because they were saved and they felt like, hey, why is it, let's kill you, Joe. Your usefulness has, is over and all of those things. So it was clear, if you read in verse 28, it was clear that in that Act 9, it was clear that he has been handed over. Things they have taught him, right? The disciples have showed him the scriptures. They have taught him. They've explained to him and all of those things. And he gave it to what he has heard. All right. So we've seen received, right? Let's, let's, let's do delivered. We're bringing it gradually. Let's look at the word delivered, right? I think that was the ne- that's the next one, right? We don't receive, we deliver. All right, let's do delivered. The word delivered is translated from the Greek word paradidomi. Para, P-A-R-A-D-I. O D I D, sorry, D I D O M I, paradidomi. I think I've, I've, you should be used to this statement. It means to hand over or to commit. Now, why do we use Greek words? I've always explained to us that it's has to. We have to go back to the originals. English is so new that we have to go back to the originals to explain the word properly in context. So, parabidomi means to hand over to, to commit. You speak of what has been handed to others. Speak of what has been handed to others. Uh, uh, so, when it says we have been delivered to this, speak of what has been handed to others. Look at, let's look at some instances or some references. Look at 1 Corinthians 11 2. 1 Corinthians 11 2. Let's look at some instances. We are just, it's, look, it's looking like we are staying more on current today, but we will leave current soon. I think that's why I had to do the um, the beef history of Corinth, right, for you. Look at it in 1 Corinthians 11.2. It says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember 
in all things and keep the ordinances as I've delivered them unto you. Can we say, as I've committed unto you in this context? Can we say, have we have handed over to, right? Okay, look at it in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. So you say that scriptures explain scripture, right? 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. This is for as received of the Lord, we've already studied received, that which has also delivered unto you. So can we say, that which I've also handed unto you, that which I've also committed unto your hands? Okay, so let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, 3. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. It says, Now, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and I have not charity, it profited me nothing. Uh, I'm looking for, I'm looking for where uh, the, okay, and though I bestow all my goods, can we say, can we say that's delivered, right? I'm hand them over to the to feed the poor, right? And though I give my body, can we use that word delivered there? Okay, see, let's see First Corinthians fifteen thirty. And I received unto you first of all that which I've received, according to if I delivered unto you, can we say if I handed over unto you, if I committed unto you, right? Let's look at Second Corinthians four eleven. Second Corinthians four eleven. Hmm. It says, for which we live always delivered, for, for which, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, the life of Jesus might be made manifest. So can we say, for which, which we live always delivered or handed over unto death? Can we use that word that way? Okay, cool. All right, so um, the use of the word delivers in this context implies what they were taught. So that means... Paul was going to teach them, what Paul was going to teach them was something they've been familiar with. So now, it's, so does it mean that, uh, does it mean that he was handing a tradition expected to be kept, or was he giving an instruction using this analogy? We're going to look at that, because we'll have to ask ourselves a question of, does it mean that Paul was handing down to them because you know in that don't forget our major text in this series is first corinthians 11 23 26 so don't forget and in that text it says for i delivered that which i received so now our question will be is it delivering or is he handing down where they said that delivered is the word handing down right committing so is he committing or handing down a tradition expected to be kept or was he giving an instruction using the analogy are you getting what I'm saying? Because when you say something is handed down, am I giving you what you have been taught or am I giving you an instruction with it? Are you seeing it? We're going to answer that question very soon. All right. We've seen received. We've seen delivered now. Let's look at break or broken. Break or broken. It's translated from the Greek word kal. K-L. K-L. A-O. K L A O. K L A O. And it implies to break literally. It implies to break literally. However, in Bible language, the word break means to shear. When you see in Bible language, you say they broke bread. They did it. It means to shear. 
you know, if you notice in Acts, you will see a lot of they broke bread together, right? That is, 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 a, is a terminology of sharing. So, what he was saying was that they were sharing bread. So, it means there was a literal sharing of bread, yet he used the event of the Passover to exemplify to them. I'm coming to that Passover carefully. Now, notice, notice something. This statement has historical basis. As Paul took, look at, look at the account that Paul took from. Let's look at Matthew 26. Because don't forget, he says, which I delivered and which I received that of the Lord, right? What the Lord said. Let's look at what Jesus said because it has historical basis. Let's look at what the Lord said. Probably after this um, break or broken, or some people will take a break and we'll just uh, continue. Are we enjoying this? All right, look at um, Matthew 26, verse 26 to 30. In fact, I was early this morning, I had to pick up this text and read this text again to check, to double check myself and say, ah, you know. So look at Matthew 26, verse 26 to 30. It says, And they were eating, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, and break it, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take it, this is my body. And he took the cup, and gave things, and gave it to them, and saying, Drink ye all of it. Now he says, so now, he, he, now when he says, break it, now he says the word break it, now can we say he share it, right? Uh, among the disciples, right? So it has an historical background of sharing. And in verse 28, it says, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And I say unto you, uh, I will not drink any forth of this fruit of the vine until the day which I drink it new with you in the Father's kingdom. And in verse 30, and when they had sung a name, it went um, into the Mount of Olives. Now, I've always told you, if you look at the practices of what Jesus did, what would Jesus be copying? Or where did Jesus find his practices from? The Old Testament. Testament. Okay, cool. Look at in Mark 14. Let's look at where Paul now picked that statement from. We're looking at, we're tracing, you know, don't forget, if you have the King James Version, in that 1 Corinthians 11, 26, that, you will see the red letter. You will see that there was a red letter there because Paul was picking from what Jesus said. So now, there was a question I asked you and I said that, was Paul, we've already studied delivered. We studied received. What did we say receive was? I know. <laughs> Transmitted to somewhere. What did I say delivered means? Handing over, right? So we said, there's a question I asked. I said, does it mean that it was handing down a tradition expected to be kept? Or was he giving an instruction using the analogy of the tradition? I don't think you are getting me. Was he handing down a tradition like saying, okay, it's just like, it's just like uh, there was this guy that I, this, I don't know if you watched the Late Late Night Show, James Corden. Is it Corden or the... the now, I was watching because he's, he's leaving the US and going back home. His home is UK. So I, I stumbled on, I just stumbled on uh, his memories. He was crying 
and he was like, he just had to go back home. I mean, I was in my mind. So me, that's what got me curious. Why are you trying to go home? Who is chasing you from America? <laughs> so I now noticed that it was a it was a conversation between him and his wife that when his children reached a certain age, they want them to go and experience the traditions of UK and the culture of home. So he has to end his contract with CBS or is it CBS that gives it? Yeah. He has to end the contract with those plays and all of those things. So he's no we're not going to be seeing couple. You know all those couple that him and Adele will sing, all of those things, him and musicians will sing. So we're not going to we're not going to be seen all. So he, he had the last edition with Adele. He had so he had all of those. He had all of those things. So now let me tell you, let me tell you one tradition. So I watched an interview with him and Jim, Jimmy Kennell, and they said he is being James something Cordell. Then no. Uh, the name look feminine. Um, I've forgotten. Ah, it's not Elizabeth. It's, it's something, is a name that when you see, you say, ah, how can a man be bearing this name? Interestingly, his father and his mother was in that show. So, Jim, Jimmy Kennedy now asked him and said, why are you bearing this name? He said, oh, ask them. It's them that gave me the name. The parent, the father now said, my own father asked the name. Then I said, why did your own father ask the name? He said, his own grandfather asked the name. So it's a culture that they gave every major. So now, James Corden now said that he didn't want to give his own son that name. But he now explained why. He now said his own child will have a, a whole different story to the name. Not just, it's just like me now. My I bear my father's name. I'm still thinking, I've not made up my mind. I'm still thinking that I want to give my son the name. My father doesn't go, take this one. I'll be in Bola. So they used to call me Junior. See, Pastor Adibuye corrected them in the 90s that your sons should, your children is not Junior. So my mother said, please, oh, this is how my mother came. They used to call my mother, mommy Junior. So my mother said, please, oh. My child is senior. My child is senior in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's, it's somebody else that told me the story of why my mother came to say, please don't. <laughs> you know? So now, it's a tradition, right? Now, I use that. So now, back to our James, James Condon story. He gave his son the name, but he now told us that his own son now, we have a whole different perspective and a whole different story to why he bear the name. Or like me now that, my father, I asked my father, he said, I, I, I don't know the name to give you, I just give you my own name. <laughs> are you getting it? Are you getting Now, unlike his own father now, who just named him because everybody has been behind the name and gave him that name. So now, guess, this is what I'm saying again. Now, that guy now, the son now, who knows, he might give his own son to the name. They just need somebody to break that culture. Just like my old pastor now. His own father to his So me, I thought that he will give his own son. I don't know if he gave his own son the name, but I think he broke it. I wasn't that crazy. He broke I think he broke it. But I think he gave you, I don't know. But I think he broke it already. Now, see, what I'm asking or what we are studying now, I gave you those that analogy to explain, was poor handing over a custom.
a practice to them. Or he was giving, or was he giving them an instruction that, ah, Jesus took Holy Communion, this is it, don't stop doing it. Though. Or was he giving them an instruction and say, you must do it compulsorily from the scriptures. Are you seeing where we are at? Was it a custom that, ah, our fathers in the Old Testament have done it. Jesus have done it too. You do it now. Or was he giving them an instruction that, ah, if you don't do it, there will be a problem in your Christian faith. Are you seeing the difference? That is one of the issues we want to address in this series, in this study. So, should they continue it, that genealogy of it? So, are you getting my, are you getting my point now? Alright, look at in Mark 14. We're in Mark 14, verse 16. Are you enjoying this, guys? Verse 16. He says, And his disciples went forth and came into the city and found as he was, and found as he said unto them, and they had made ready what? Ready what? This, this statement must, must ring in your mind, though. This thing is called Passover. We're going to get there. And in verse 17, In the evening he commented the twelve, and he sat unto them and did eat, and said, Verily I say unto you, one of you that eateth me will betray me. And they began to be sorrowful and said, one by one, Is it I? And I said, Is it I? You know the... <laughs> Judas must have asked that question too. It's the audacity for me. But look at it. You see, and they began to be sorrowful. And they say one by one. Because if, 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 if Judas did not ask the question, they would have said, except Judas. So Judas most probably have said, is he high too? Probably testing the intelligence of Jesus. That maybe you know. Maybe, it is, maybe, maybe your word of knowledge is sharp enough to catch me. <laughs> is the audacity of... And look at it too. In verse 20, and he answered and said unto them, It is one of the twelve that dipped with me in the dish. Ah. You understand? Who is, who is this person that dipped in the dish? It you know, says, The son of man he did go it, as it is written, but woe to that man. This is how my pastor is reading it one day in Yoruba. Oh, better come out, Bill. <laughs> it's better it was in English. It's better. The way the Bible says it, Yoruba is sweeter to explain. Let me say Yoruba. I'm sorry. Probably you should cut this out. <laughs> oh, better come out, Bill. <laughs> it's better it was not born at all. That's how the scripture says it now. It says, Son of man, but woe to that man whom by the Son of Man is betrayed. Good for it that. <laughs> That man had better not be born. <laughs> in essence, as they did it. Now look at it. So, but look at the custom. It was what? Passover. Passover. And as they did it, Jesus break, took the bread, blessed it, break it. Are we called the breaking is sharing it, right? And gave it to them and said, Take it. This is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had even things. He gave her and drank all of it and says, This is the blood of my New Testament and shed for many. He says, Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of this fruit of this vine. Unto that day which I will drink in the new kingdom of God. And they sung a name and they went into the Mount of Holies. And Jesus said unto them, All ye that shall be offended of me and all of those things, for I am risen, I will go to Jerusalem. And Peter said, Although ye shall be offended, 
yet not high. <laughs> I don't like reading for that to this point because it's the audacity and the boastfulness of Peter for me. Say, yes, I know what you're saying, Jesus. Others will be offended. Me, not I. And Jesus gave him his response that day. Very, very, I said to you, this day, <laughs> that day, even, even in this night, she showed him his reality. <laughs> then, you see, I've always told you, this, this is not my sermon, but I've always told you the use of your words. Very hard time. Do you know God, God did him a favor? They now took him to go and pray. So that the at least what he said will at least come to pass. When he got to prayer, he was sleeping. He could have he could have prevented it in prayer. So he indeed sit and made mess of him. <laughs> if I don't pray, Satan <laughs> will make mess of him. He did. They made me so. <laughs> okay, look at John 13. John 31 to 2. Are you enjoying this? There's a way we're going to look at, as we proceed in our study, we're going to look at the way John explains the use of bread. You know, John's narrative is always different. That's why if you listen to Supernatural Life, I explained his use of water. <laughs> if you listen to when is a man saved, I explained the way he, I explained that, I think it was John 6. I stayed so long on that John 6 to explain. That there's a way also he used bread again that we have to study. Look at in John 13. Let's read it. He says, now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that the hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were the word, he loved them unto the end. And the supper being ended, that, uh, and having now the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, uh, that the devil having now put the heart of Judas Iscariot son to betray him and all of those things. So, but look at what happened. He called, even in verse 4, he says, he rise it up from supper and laid his garment and took it away and gathered himself. So, he, he rise, so they called it Passover, right? Now, so, of all of this, the closest to Paul's reference will be the will be Luke. So obviously now. Luke is Paul's disciple. So now let's go back to our first Corinthians 11. I'm doing, I just want to, I'm doing what they call paying attention to details to you. To look at where exactly the Paul picked that statement from. Are you seeing it? I'm just doing for me, I'm just, it's just necessary for me as a preacher to show you that. Uh, now, go to Luke's account. We, we already looked at Luke 22, right? Put your hand in Luke. And let's do a comparison. Let's do like comparison. Look at Luke 22. Is this really necessary? Somehow, yes. Just so that you will know how to pay attention in details. We'll go to Luke 22, verse 13 to 22. And go back to that Luke, First uh, Corinthians. Uh, what were we saying? First Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11, 23. All right. So now look at it, verse 23. It says, For this I receive of the Lord, that which I also delivered, that the, that the Lord Jesus the same night, which he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he break, eat, do this, broken for you, this remembers of me. All right. Look at it in Luke 22, verse, uh, let's start from verse... 
13. All right, look at, look at in verse 19. Look at verse 19. It says, And they took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them. So this is my body given to you. Do this, remember. Does this sound like? Does this sound like what Paul wrote? Does this sound like what Paul wrote? All right, look at it in verse 20. Likewise, also the cup after the supper said, This is the cup of the which is shed, of, which is shed in my blood for you. Does this sound like what Paul wrote? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know why? Luke is Paul's disciple. So <laughs> he's going to they are going to say what they are going to say the same thing. So are you see followership also. Uh, because if he was if he's going to be in the same letter teaching them how to follow, he's going to pick. <laughs> are you seeing those things? Uh, so those those, those that detail is just necessary. So he picked the closest to that account to be the gospel of Luke. And um, so the above text we so the text we read is where communion is either a fad. Now, why did I title this series Holy Communion? I titled this series Holy Communion because that is what we call it in our world today. Does it make sense? But is that what they called it in scripture? That's what we are going to find out. Did they call it that in scripture? Or our whole world just decided to do what we want to do. So, all the texts we have read now, did you find where they called it only communion or only communion? Huh? Guys, did you find all the texts we read that Jesus used? Was there anywhere they said communion or only communion? Uh-huh. So, we have to find out where where did it come from. <laughs> I'm sure you have never thought of it before. <laughs> so where did it come from? <laughs> so, but what I just did now, I showed you what the the where at least if they want to do the practice, the text they read. That's what I just showed you. So where it was inferred. And where their explanations are from. The key words we found in those texts we read were Passover, the feast of the unleavened bread. Those were the thing, two things that were common in that place. It was Passover and the feast of the unleavened bread. So we are going to look at Passover and the feast of the unleavened bread and trace the bread and the wine culture. Because no one, Jesus did not call it Holy Communion. Paul did not even call it Communion here. So, where? We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Okay, let's take a break.